and turn to Romans chapter chapter 12, verse 4. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. So good to see everyone in the house of the Lord. Always a pleasure to see you. Amen. It's an honor to have the Kellermans with us. These are seasoned Christian that's been around a long time, and just for them to be in our presence, we thank God for that. I always uh, just relish the fact of being around good godly people and people that um, have some skin in the game, been around, and um, they know the Lord, and I appreciate them being here. Amen. So good to see everybody. Amen. Romans. Chapter 12, good to see Tony and Alima, good to see you all today, God bless you, amen, Maria, good to see you, amen, I can let you in, um, a little secret sometimes, Brother Barack, good to see you, Barack, Barack, I know people get it twisted sometimes, but you know who I'm talking to. But I, I, I will say this. Can I be a little bit honest with you? Not a little bit, but I can't. I don't know such thing as a little bit. You know, I'm just. You know how I am. I'm all in. When I don't see you, I get concerned. Every one of you. I know every one of you. And when I don't see you, I can't help it. I don't know what the, what that's all about. But when I don't see you, I'm always concerned. And then I have to battle with: Do I reach out to you or just give you your space? You don't think about that, do you? Yeah, I know. That's part of what happens when the Lord puts you where he put me, is you just you, you think about people. You always worry, are they okay? You know, um, can I do something to help them? You know, and so I'm always thinking when I don't see you, hoping that you're all right. Um, I, I was in the back this morning texting people that I didn't see. I can't help it. Are you okay? You know, I, we missed you just, just because I want to make sure you're okay. And so I, I'm always glad. It's not a, it's not a, it's not just a statement that I make to make it, but it's serious and genuine. That when I say it's good to see you, it's really good to see you. I'm not just saying it as a cliche. It's really good to see you. So it's good to see everybody this morning in the house of the Lord. And I ask that you just open your heart and let the Lord have His way and speak to you, and you will be blessed by it. Romans chapter 12. Verse number four and five, verse four says, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. That's a whole lot of stuff there going on. First Corinthians 12 and 12. The word of the Lord says in verse number 12, For as the body is one and had many members, and all the members of the, that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Now, we, we need to sort all that stuff out. I know you read and said, all right, okay. I'm kind of getting the gist, but we need to sort it all out. Let's pray and then we sort it out this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, for your presence surely is among us. And we're grateful. We're thankful. We open our heart to you, Lord God. And we pray that the spirit of the Lord will minister to us. The word of God will be imparted to us. Lord, we want to leave this place empowered and courage with direction, with clarity, with understanding. We will leave this place today, Lord God, surely in obedience, in walking in your word, Lord God. I pray this morning that the gifts of the Spirit will operate in this place and that, my God, you will do just what you want in this place. Father, demonstrate, reveal your power and your authority that the will of God may be done among us. I pray that you'll anoint me one more time, that I may speak as your oracle. Allow me to be in the flow of your Spirit and to minister according to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Have your way in this place as you bless your people today. In Jesus' name, somebody say, in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise up while you're being seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I entitled the message of the Lord today, 
One body, many members. One body, many members. One body, many members. Every one of us that are here this morning wants to feel like you matter. You don't have to get quiet on me on that. I'm telling you what I know. Every one of you in here this morning wants to feel like you matter. Nobody wants to feel like they don't matter. Nobody wants to feel like they don't have any purpose. Nobody wants to feel like they're not important. They're not significant. Nobody wants to feel like nobody cares about them. Every one of us wants to feel like we matter. Somebody say amen. You want to feel like you matter. Tell your neighbor you want to feel like you matter. You can play it off all you want. You can act crazy all you want. You can just act like that. That's the furthest thing from the truth. You want to feel like you matter. Don't lie to yourself. If you're lying to yourself right now, just tell yourself, I'm lying to myself. I need to get that straight. You want to feel like you matter. (laughs) It's a fact. And the reason why you feel that way is because of the law God imposed on himself that he inherently imposed on all of his creation. God imposed a law on himself that he has imposed on us, which is the law that says existence demands justification. So because God imposed that on himself, we can even go and mess with God a little bit. He had to feel like he mattered. If he didn't feel that way, he wouldn't have created. Don't mess with me this morning. I know when I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And believe me, the Holy Ghost still flowing from yesterday. Oh, help me, Jesus. And so God, from his position of saying, I have to justify, God said he has to justify his existence. Guess what? You have the need to feel like you matter. But what it's really saying is you have the need to justify why you're here. It's in you. It's inherently in you. and You can't do anything about it. Some of us, we, 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 we act it, we act out what we feel because we're chasing that 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 reality of saying because this is why I'm here and I, I know I matter and so we're doing things in our life to say why we really matter. I'm gonna be a doctor. I'm I'm gonna be the one to come up with the cure for cancer. Why do you think we're thinking these way? Because we want to know why we exist and we want to feel like we matter. So all of us feel that way and we can't hide that. That's what I love about the Word of God. That it doesn't matter to me. We can't pretend. That's why I, I stopped pretending once I got saved. No need. Because if you look in the Word of God, everything is exposed. Because we know all have sinned. Right? So, so we can't pretend anymore like, I'm doing all right. You may be doing all right, but you sinned. Just like I sinned. And so the bottom line is, when you get into the Word of God, nothing is hidden. You just know what it is. So we just deal with it. This is why sometimes I sit with people and I talk to them. I say, you can't tell me nothing that will knock my socks off. Nothing. You can't tell me nothing. I'm like, open my eyes. like, Oh, nothing. Nothing. I've been around the block a couple times. I've dealt with every kind of people there is to deal with, and I've dealt with myself. You can't come up with anything shocking to me. I just hear it, and I say, okay, so let's just talk about how we get it resolved. And sometimes I talk to people, they think, well, let's, can't we talk about all this stuff? No, you didn't, you didn't shock me. Nothing went on. Nothing to talk about. It happened. Let's move forward. That's all I'm about. That's what Jesus is about. He said he went, he went to the cross that sin could be remitted. I remember preaching a message one time, and it was entitled, Lord gave me the message that was entitled, Sin is Not Our Problem. 
And the gist of it is, if there's a remedy for something, then it's not a problem. Why do we think cancer is a problem? Why do we think AIDS is a problem? But anything that we have a remedy for, it can't be a problem. Just take the remedy. <laughs> and get better. You see, you see what I'm saying? That's why there's no sin or no wrong that I'm worried about because there's a remedy for it. All we have to do is go to Jesus and say, Lord, I've sinned. I've come short of your glory. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you cleanse me from all my unrighteousness? Will you deliver me from the power of the enemy? Will you set me free from my captivity? And if you ask, God will deliver you. It's a remedy. There's a remedy for it. I'm not worried about that. You should not worry about that. It's a remedy for it. And so, we don't have to worry about that. But we have this thing in us that makes us have a need to feel like we matter. We, we want to do things to feel like we matter. We get involved in things to feel like we matter, whether it's being a doctor or a community activist or whatever we get involved in. You know, many times we get in it because really what we're saying is, I want to feel like I matter. I want to feel like I'm doing something that matters, right? And in order to feel matter, you got to do something that matters, right? So if I want to feel like, I mean something or I matter, then I have to get involved with something and that's why we get involved with the different things that we think we need to get involved in. And so we read in the scripture in Romans chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, where it talks about the body of Christ. One body, many members. Christians are not separate. We're not separate, unrelated units. We are compacted together to form one whole. We're, we're not separate. And I want you to understand today as I minister to you that we have to now look at ourselves and say, am I operating separately or am I operated as a Christian, I'm operating as a Christian. Am I operating in, in harmony and unity with the body of Christ? We are compacted together and form one whole, which is the body of Christ, the church of the living God. We have to understand what this church is all about. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Jesus Christ. His physical body may be in heaven right now, but his spiritual body is us right here gathered together. And we are all gathered all across the world together in one local assembly. But even though we're all over the world in one local assembly, we're still that one body together. One body, the body of Christ. This is why it is not a good explanation to say I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. You know what it means? You're separate from the body. The body gets together. The body gathered together and follow the head. Jesus Christ is the head of his body. And so when we come together, we come together as one to learn the Word of God and to walk in the Word of God, to obey the Word of God. This is why it's essential that pastors and teachers in, 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 the, in the churches teach the Word of God and nothing else. Because that's the only way that we will follow the head. Uh-huh. The head is leading the body. Jesus Christ is leading the body. But the only way we're, we're following and being one with him is by obeying his word. So we have to teach and preach his word. But we're not separate. You can't do your own thing and say I'm a part of the body. We must understand that even though the physical body of Christ is in heaven, the church is his spiritual body. And the church is present here in this world. 
The church is powerful. The church is moving. The church is alive. It is the body of Christ. So even though Christ ascended to heaven, his body is still here on the earth doing what he did when he was... You got to, if you will follow the word of God and realize how strategic God is, how God is just on point. While he was here in the earth and he walked around, he healed the sick, he cleansed the leper, he raised the dead, people were saved, and then he ascended to heaven. That did not stop. When he went to heaven, healing didn't stop, salvation didn't stop, deliverance didn't stop. It kept on going. Why? Because the body, his body... His body is still here. So healing got to keep going. Deliverance got to keep going. Faith must be present because the body is still here. The body did the work. Even you as a person, look at you. Your mind does all the, the computing. But who does the work? What carries out the work? Your hands and your feet and, and all of your compartments. Uh, that's what carry out the work. But your mind does the thinking. The body of Christ is Christ's body. It's what does the work. Uh. So now you understand the church does the work in the earth. Uh huh. The church does the earth in the work in, in, in the earth. We must be born again to become a member of His body. We must be born again of the water and of the Spirit to become a member of His body. The nurses and doctors can tell me, but I have just a little bit, little bit of understanding that when you get a new kidney or some new body part, there's a period of time where it's got to get adjusted, right? If not, the body rejected, right? Well, if you just, just gather together with the body of Christ and you're never born again, you'll never feel like you're a part. You'll come and you'll hear something. You'll come and, oh, that's good. But, but, but it, it just won't work right. Because Christ said in order to be a part of his body for things that work in harmony, we must be born again. And so to become a part and not be a foreign object that's trying to do the work of something that's legitimate, we must be born. It's the only way. And so we become a part of his body, the church. By being born again. The church is enriched by diversities. In different conditions. The the church is diverse by age and ability. So we have this vast diversity in the church. But yet and still, we're one. We may be diverse in understanding and upbringing and culture, all the different things that we're diverse in, in age, different conditions we came out of. We may be diverse that way, but when we are born again and we become a part of the body, we become one, one in direction, one in the things that we do. And so we must understand that in order to be a part of the body, we must be born again. In order to be one with the body, we must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Yes, there's diversities, but we're still one. Yes, there's many members, but one body. Yet though one body differ, yet though one member differ from another, all are equally of the same body. We all have different, different, different ways of, you know, I, I don't like to use this terminology, and I know it's used all the time among Christians that you know, this is my gift. I'm always a little bit, you know, slow it down. Now, one thing I've realized, and I, I learned this, so I, I, I temper how I deal with that. And that is, sometimes we're saying the same, th- the same things. We just have different terminologies. But we're really saying the same. I get that. But I do want to be clear here when we say we have different giftings. But we're all the same in the body. The gifts come from God. So whatever gifting we're operating in, it's not really ours. 
Right, we understand that. So when we say it's my, you know, that, you know, that's his gift or her gift, we understand it's not really their gift. So, you know, I just don't want us to go off and thinking, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, let me give you an example so you understand what I'm saying. Say you are gifted, which I feel like this has happened many times. You are gifted to pray and heal people. I feel like God used me in that way a lot of times, right? So. But if I'm that gifted and that good, I should be able to go in a hospital and pray for everybody and they get sick. They get healed if I'm that good. But I can't. So the gift is really not mine. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see how God knows how to keep us. If we will follow God, we will never get puffed up. Because I remember going to a hospital and I felt the power of God so strongly. I, I went to pray for one person and she just got up out the bed. And before she knows, she said, I'm getting out of here. The nurse says, what, what are you doing? And before you know it, they discharged her because she felt good. I just got so bold. I went to her roommate and laid hands on her roommate, prayed for the roommate. She got up out of the bed and it just got crazy. I went to about three people and prayed. They all got up that day and was ready to go home. I'm the gift. I got the gift of healing. No, no, no. God wanted to do that, and he worked through me, and that's all that was. I don't have no great gift, right? So so when God put us, bring us into the body, we're born again, and he brings us into the body, he is now equipping us, he's working through us, his gifts, his different gifts, so we can make the body right and functional and work in harmony. Mm-hmm. So... Many members, one body. Many operations of gift, one body. As in the human body, all parts and members perform their special and appropriate duties. So it is in the church. Your body, all of the parts in your body have its role that it plays and performs. Right? Well, God is, he doesn't make any mistakes. And so he didn't call the body of Christ, the body of Christ, just, just as an accident. No, he, he knows how he made this body. The one he had while he was here. And he decided the church will be just like that. He, he, it's, it's, he builds everything. And so he knew that, okay, the church, the body of Christ will operate like the physical body. And so the physical body has to complement itself. Every part of it does have its own functionality, right? And so the big toe got its functionality. Your thumb got its functionality. You can go on and on. Your heart got its functionality. Everything has its own functionality. So here is what I'm going to challenge you with. What is your functionality in the body? And here is the deal. Here's the big one. When you're not assembled with the body, the body is lacking. Ah, uh, uh, Cut off your big toe and see what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take off your pinky and see what happens. Maybe not a whole lot, but something will change. Can I just say this to you? You don't understand that if you will become a child of God, be born again of the water and of the spirit, you become a part of the body of Christ and instantly you matter. You can chase being a doctor. You can chase being a nurse. We're going to honor healthcare provider. That's all great things. You can chase being this and chase being that. But guess what? When you die and when those people die, if they weren't a part of the body, nothing happens. That's just the fact. But if you become born again of the water of the spirit and become a part of that body, you matter instantly. And what you begin to do, it will be eternal. 
So when death come before the Lord return, what you did will still matter. We can't take nothing with us when we leave this world except for people that we minister to who become a part of the body and stay a part of the body. So when they die, they go to heaven. Just like when you die, you go to heaven. That's what we can do. That's what matters. Our 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, 120 years that we may spend on this earth, it doesn't compare to eternity. So if you want to matter for, and let's be, let's be quite honest, as human beings, I did my calculation. I think we matter till about 60 years old. Don't get offended if you're over 60. This is what I'm going to, this is what I've discovered. I got 10 more years to pastor this church. We need, we need some young people to come on and take, take over and do it. Let me tell you what I've watched. I've watched how influence grow and where it peak and then where it starts going down. I've watched this. See, there's a lot of things I try to do to stay ahead of the game. And what I realize is when you get to about 60, maybe if you're really good, 65, if you're really, really good, 70. But after those years, your influence go down drastically, drastically. When you're probably in your 40s, that's when you have your greatest influence in your 40s. Between 45 and 55, you will have your greatest influence in society. Greatest influence. That's when you will be able to touch people from every walk of life and from all age group when you're in your 40s and 50s. And early, mid 40s, mid 50s. Because you can still relate to every kind. That's what happens. But when you get to that 70 mark and start going over that 70, people love you and respect you. But you know what they start saying? You don't understand. I'm just telling you the truth. That's what they say. You don't understand. And whatever you're saying, it, they don't make it relevant anymore. Hey, there you go. So, so they, don't, they don't make it relevant anymore. They, they, you don't understand. And you might still understand, but somehow this society makes you feel like you don't understand no more. And so now you're, tell, you're telling them the truth about something that you know. And they're like, ah, they don't listen. So that's what I'm talking about, influence. I'm not saying you don't matter. I'm not saying you're not relevant. I am saying they won't listen to you. That's what I'm saying. So, so I say that to say, if we're trying to matter according to human understanding, according to human intelligence. If we're trying to matter, we're going to only matter from the time we were born to about 70 years old, then we stop mattering. But if you become born again of the water and of the Spirit, you get involved and you become a part of the body of Christ, you're going to matter till after death you still matter. You will matter after death. Because when you die, you go in the presence of the Lord. And you will spend all eternity with him. You will matter if you will give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and become a part of the body of Christ. In the human body, there is a union among the parts, the members, as there should be a corresponding connection between members of the body of Christ. So just like the human body is connected and, 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 and there's a correlation. Everything is working together. So is the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter. Now, here we go. Now it doesn't matter your age when you're born again and you're part of the body. Because God will never, never have you be something in the body as long as you're living. He will always have you be something in the body. As long as you're breathing and living, you matter in the body of Christ. As long as you're functioning, you're, you're able to still live and breathe, you, will, you matter as part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why we must become a part of the body of Christ. And here is what I want you to also understand. Back to what I said originally before I started. You might not understand it. But when you're not around, the body don't work the way it needs to work. I know you're thinking, me? Sure you. 
When you're not around, the body is not working the way it needs to work. You know, some days you get up and, you know, for for some of us, we might be suffering with certain kind of sickness and whatever the sickness is, the body just not functioning right altogether. And you just like, today I just don't feel good. When you don't show up, today I just, the body just don't feel good. There's something missing. You are significant because if God placed you in the body, you are significant. God don't make mistakes. I don't know about you, but God don't make mistakes. If he puts you a part of the body, then you are significant no matter what you think. And so when you're not here, the body struggles. When you're not here, the body is not functioning the way it needs to function. When you're not here, the body just don't work the way it could work. We ought to assemble ourselves together. That's why the scripture in Hebrews says, Fail not to assemble yourselves. As you see the day of the Lord approaching, That we should assemble that much more. Because... The body needs to function the way it needs to function. The body needs to operate the way it needs to operate. And you are a part of the body and you matter. You matter as being a part of the body. You matter. And just like the human body, everything works in connection. In the body of Christ, everything works in connection. Christians are not supposed to be like grains on the sand isolated trees or detached houses if you are a part of the body you can't just show up when you want you're a part of the body you can't just do what you want you're a part of the body you can't just live the way you want Uh, I got about four claps on that let me share with you let me put it in right here I don't know where I'm going but let me tell you a word that the Lord gave me this morning Got a word from the Lord this morning. I didn't understand what it mean first when he gave me the word. So for the past two weeks, my boss, one of the business developer, myself, and the finance people have been working on, because I'm in the operation part of the business and they're in the financial part of the business, I was tasked with coming up with an operational plan That includes people and schedules and everything, how we will operate. And so that was my task. And so I'm doing my best to do what I do. And so I presented to my boss, the vice president. He presented to the CFO. We're all in this room. So we start going through it in in the conference room. And we're sitting there and we say this. And so the CFO said, well, uh, okay. And we went through that for a couple weeks. Every time I think I'm done, there's a question. So then I got to go back and work out the plan, tweak it a little bit. So it it went like this for like two weeks. I'm tweaking the plan because finances say, and all of a sudden this morning, the Spirit of the Lord just kind of said to me, the financial department rely on their confidence in their financial skills. And you, Wayne, and your boss, you two are operational people, so you rely on your operational skills. So what was happening is, because I'm operation, I know how to cut the corners because I know what my staff can do to make it work. But the financial people, they always want the books to be sound. So in their mind, don't cut the corner. I need the true number so I can bill for the true number because we don't want to lose on this contract. So we was at odds in a good way for two weeks. And so Spirit of the Lord said to me this morning, the financial people are confident in their financial abilities, and you're confident in your operational ability. That's why you all have been at odds. I said, man, why are you telling me this this morning? This had nothing to do with church. I'm getting ready to go to church. <laughs> and then that's when the Spirit of the Lord shows back up now and says, so here's what you need to know. Whatever the people that's supposed to be a part of my body does a whole lot of, that's what they're confident in. If they don't come and assemble themselves all the time, they're confident in their ability to live how they live. But if they come and assemble themselves all the time, they're confident in me. 
That was the Holy Ghost. That wasn't me because I'm not, I'm not thinking about that kind of stuff on a Sunday. But God led me down that path this morning to say we are confident in ourselves when we don't assemble ourselves in the body. But when we assemble ourselves, what we're saying is I'm confident in Jesus because he is the head of the body. I'm confident that where Jesus leads, I will follow. I'm confident that me, I'm not the one in charge. Jesus is in charge. I'm just a part of the body and I will follow what God leads me to do. That's the word of the Lord that he put in my heart that we are confident in ourselves when we stay away from the body. Because when you're on your own, you are responsible for what you do. So that confidence, what you're saying is, I can handle this. But when you assemble yourself together, and that's probably the struggle with all of us today. The struggle is, are you going to remain confident in you or will you become confident in Christ? Because if you're confident in Christ, you let him lead. He's the head. If you're confident in you, then you will keep doing your thing. And every once in a while, you'll show up and say, you need me to do nothing? That, 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 that's what we do. We show up every once in a while and say, what do you need me to do? And then I'm going to be polite and say, ah, how about you just you know, do that thing over there? That's just the politeness. But the bottom line is, you don't show up all the time. So what am I going to have you do? Because I don't want to start out with you and you start doing it and doing it. And then three weeks from now, you're not doing it. I'm not a micromanager. There are micro, micromanagers. I do know that. So because I know I'm not a micromanager, I have to let the Lord lead me to people who will be consistent. I'm just being transparent. Because once you and I discuss, and I know you know how to do it, I leave you alone, let you do it, and I check back in with you and say, how are we doing? Every once in a while, I'll visit what you're doing and says, how does that work? And uh, Okay. So I'll just do some follow-up and some and do some accountability thing, but I'm not micromanaging you. I want you to use your your creativity. I want you to come to me and says, hey, you know, I've been doing it this way for a while, but, you know, I was doing the other day and something came to mind and I think I can do it this way. What's your thoughts? That's all I want to be able to just do with you. I don't want to micromanage because that's not the way it's supposed to be. Not with Christians. You all... Every one of us have the ability to, to, to have the Spirit of God in us and have the Word of God to guide us. So I don't need to micromanage people in church. They have Jesus Christ. That's who's going to lead them. That's who's going to guide them. And so if they are assembled in the body, the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of the Lord will guide them. I'm just here to cheer you on. I'm just here to encourage you. I'm just here to give you advice when you need it. But we have to assemble ourselves in the body if we will have confidence in Jesus Christ. If we just show up however, whenever we want, we're still in control. Our confidence is in us. And I believe God is speaking to this assembly to say, it's time we make the commitment to come together even the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. It can't just be, let me show up whenever I can. It has to be, I'm a part of the body. Listen, all these local assemblies across the world make up the one body. But if we're all gathering together to learn the word of God, to allow the word of God to be imparted in our heart, then we're all doing the same thing. We're following the head because the word is the word of God. He is the head and it's him that's leading us. I'm almost there because I'll show you how you, I'll show you what, what I'm saying as I finish up with this. We cannot say we are a member of the body of Christ and have no fellowship with each other. Think about that. How can we be members of a body without fellowshipping with one another? The body is always working in harmony with one another. And so if we are the spiritual body of Christ, we have to connect with one another. We have to have time that we spend with one another. Because if the body works in harmony, then so should we, as the children of God, work in harmony. i got to say this. We cannot say we're the body and say, but I don't like to deal with this person. I don't like to deal with that person. You know what's one of the most, you know what's one of the funniest thing to me? 
Let me tell you a secret in case you don't know it. The person that's saying, I don't like to deal with that person and I don't like to deal with that person, people don't like to deal with you either. Because from the moment you take that position of saying, I don't like to deal with that one and that one, it means something is not altogether right with you. So some people don't want to deal with you either. Because if you don't want to deal with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, but you'll deal with so-and-so, we will see it. So here we go. I don't want to deal with Barry, right? Hey, man, what's going on? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Hey, Stan. Yeah, how you doing? Cool. Good to see you all. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Foxy, what's up, man? Everything good? Eventually, he's going to say, keep on walking then. I don't care. I can tell you don't like me. You, you see what I'm saying? So he's going to feel it and say, well, I don't want to deal with you either. Because nobody wants to feel like they don't matter. Nobody wants to feel like they're not needed. Nobody likes to feel like they're not wanted. So when you let them feel that way, they will say later for you and go find somebody that will like them and somebody that will make them feel like they matter. Why are we acting like we need to be the one? Like I don't deal with so-and-so and so-and-so, but, but I'll deal with so That's crazy if you're part of the body. We don't have to all see it the same way. But we have to all understand that we need one another. That's what the body operates like. It needs all the parts to work. So no matter what you think about brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, or you ain't even calling them sister or brother because you think they're just heathens, whatever you think about them, if they're born again, you need to understand there's a role that they play in the body, and you need to let them be who they are because you're going to need them, and they're going to help you if you will just trust God and not trust yourself. That's how it works. I'm telling you, church, you have no idea how strongly I feel about what I'm saying this morning. That's how it works. You don't have to. You've you got to realize we need one another. We can't just abandon one another. We can't act like we're better than the next person or because we don't see eye to eye, we can't spend some time. As a matter of fact, you know, we like to say, here I go deep into some mess now. We like to talk about um, prejudice. And we talk about prejudice, and we usually deal with skin color. We need it. Prejudice is a cross. <laughs> prejudice is you not dealing with someone because you don't understand them. Oh, you, you think prejudice means, okay, we're different skin color, so I don't like you. No, no, no. Prejudice is you're ignorant to who the individual is, and so now you don't deal with them. Every person, here, here is a funny story. Every person that's different culture, different whatever you come from, background, or whatever it is, the person that you was prejudiced against, sooner or later you're going to meet somebody like them that you get close to and realize, oh, Oh, Bob, oh, there's no difference. I see it all the time. Oh, you know, and so now here we go, just ignorant. Now here we go. Black people go around saying, I got white friends. White people go around, I got black friends. I just laugh at both of them. I laugh because I it, forget that skin color. And no, you're ignorant to who the individual is, and you never took the time out to sit down with them, to learn about them, to have a relationship with them, and so you never really understood. So you became prejudiced. <laughs> I just gave you. If I didn't give you nothing else, I just gave you something to hold you for a lifetime. You'll realize that, you'll realize that this stuff that we've been allowing to separate us is bogus and nonsense because when we get to know one another and we become harmonized together and we work for the one cause and the good of everything, we'll realize we're all the same. We all bleed. We all hurt. We all get frustrated. We all have situations. We all got children situations. We all got family situations. We all deal with addiction and drugs. All of us deal with the same things. What do you think? You deal with something different? 
man, oh man, oh man. I'm talking about one body, many members. It's a whole lot of us, but we're supposed to be one in how we function. We're supposed to be one in how we pull together. We're supposed to be one in when we come together, in assembling together. We need to do everything we can to be together. We need to do everything we can to be together. You don't want to just dismiss things. I'll give you a simple thing that I tried to do. I'm not taking shots. You know I'm just trying to be my best to explain to you. I try my best whenever I have any meetings to never, ever be late. You want to know why I try not to be late? I don't want the person that I'm meeting with to think I think I'm more important than them. That's what lateness does. So the bottom line is, this is what late people will do all the time. Oh, I had so much going. I'm so sorry I'm late. And the person sitting there saying, okay, I don't have nothing to do. That's why I'm here early. We don't understand things like that. Like the person sitting there is like, okay, so I didn't have anything to do. My day was just clear. I had the easy path to wait for you here. And that's why I'm on time, just waiting. But you, on the other hand, you had so much. And that's why you're late. You're more special. You're busier. And you matter more. So that's why you're late. But I'm not. I'm nothing. I'm that's what's really going on, people, and we're not even understanding that. You're making that person feel less than you, and you're not even understanding that. I know you have a good justification, but you had no idea what they went through this morning to be early. You had no idea what they went through to be early. Just because they're not saying it, you, just, you think they didn't struggle? Just because they're not saying it, you think they didn't go through some stuff too? We got to start thinking about those things. Some people just fight hard and do what they have to do to try to do what needs to be done. And others just let everything get in the way and trip them up. And so they never do it. And they make an excuse. And you never stop to think that individual pushed through, fought through, and did everything they could to get here. One body. Many members. When true fellowship is attained, we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. The day we get connected like the body is supposed to be, when you're going through, I can't help myself but to reach out to you. Are you okay? I haven't seen you. I miss you. Is, is everything okay? We, 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 we weep with those that are going through, and we rejoice with those that are rejoicing when we're connected. When we're not connected... Did you hear um, so-and-so had surgery? Oh, she did? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But if the bodies get connected and stay connected and be one, one in direction, as we get ready to see how it all works, I'm getting ready to close. Christians are not independent of each other. They should not seek to be so. We are not the body of Christ individually, but we are the body of Christ collectively. If you claim to be a Christian as an isolated being, you're lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. We're Christians. We're the body of Christ when we are together. But if we want to call ourselves the body of Christ when we live an individualistic life, then we're not being truthful to ourselves. We're not to set... To stand alone. But we ought to stand with each other. We're the body of Christ. We're not some individual people. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be together, not stand by ourselves. Every time somebody hurt, we're supposed to hurt. When we don't see people, we ought to reach out to them before service is over. We're supposed to reach out to them. You okay? Don't beat them up and tell them, why are you not in church? Just ask them if they're okay. <laughs> The body works so well that when we help others, we're in turn really helping ourselves. Did you understand that? The body is supposed to work so well together that when you're helping your sister, when you're helping your brother, you're really helping yourself. If I help you to be better, the body functions better. Uh Uh-huh. 
All right, we're there. In the body, there is the greatest variety, but the greatest unity. In the body of Christ, there is the greatest variety and the greatest unity. Yes, we're different individually, different personality, come from different places, different age group. Yes, there's that difference, but we're supposed to be unified as one. That's what the body of Christ is. God will not have a body that doesn't function right. His body has to function the right way. And so I close with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. There is one body. And one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Look how he run this down. One Lord. Not two Lords. One Lord, one faith. When the Bible says that one faith is talking about the knowledge of who God is and his teachings. Okay. One faith and one baptism. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. One baptism, huh? Not two different kind of baptism. Not two mixed in in one, one baptism. Verse 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Now here is where we tie this stuff together and be understanding of the one body and many members. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 now. And he gave some apostles... And some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. These are the gifts that are in the body. Some of them, not all of them. But you understand that God is equipping us a certain way so the body can function right. He's he's equipping the church a certain way, his body, so it can function right. Verse 12 says, For the perfecting of the members. So he's given gifts to the church, the body, for what? The perfecting of the members. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me help you with what that's really saying. For the perfecting of the members, the saints it says. But since we're talking about the members, many members, one body, I just want to use that word members. For the perfecting of the members. The word perfecting in the text means The restoring of anything to its right place. (laughs) The restoring of anything to its right place. We're talking about for the perfecting. So part of that meaning of perfect, it means that God wants to restore us to our right place in the body. God wants to put you in that right place in the body. Because that's where you're going to matter. That's where you will matter is in the right place in the body. And when you're there, you just know you're fine. Let me tell you a secret again about this Bible thing. There's a lot of men of God and women of God we read about in the Bible, Bob. And they did things that were like, my goodness, I thought he's supposed to be men of God and women of God. How can they do such things? But we didn't read about them walking away from God. They did things and got it back together and stayed with God. You know why? They understood what they were. And they kept doing what they were. And so if I was called to be a prophet, I messed up, but I got to go back to being a prophet. If I was called to be an evangelist, I messed up, but I got to keep on going back to being an evangelist. I got to make sure what part of the body I am, I've got to make sure I keep doing what I'm supposed to do. I believe that you will experience some grace from God more than the average when you are in the body and doing what you're supposed to do. When you realize, God, I messed up, but I'm not going to stop doing what you put me in the body to do. Oh, God, I made a mistake over here, but... I'm not going to stop doing uh, what I've been placed in the body to do. Uh, Oh God, help me. I messed up, but I won't stop doing. 
The secret is, I'm telling you, there's some people, because they won't be a, be, be a part of the body, assemble themselves, they messed up once, and they just keep on going a downward spiral, because they won't function in the body what they're supposed to function like. So you have no hope anymore, because now you're going this way, because you're not being who you're supposed to be. You're not operating the way you're supposed to operate. So why do God need to do anything. Yes, he will try to reach you. Yes, he will try to save you. But at some point in time, if you're not functioning in the body, in your truest essence and who you're supposed to be, why will God extend to you more grace when he placed you in a body to do what you're supposed to do so the body can do what it's supposed to do? And so... God wants the body to function the way it's supposed to. That's the key. It's so specific that I read this a few weeks ago. God says he's coming back for a church, not for an individual. Mm -hmm. He didn't say he's coming back for me and you. He said he's coming back for a church, his body. He's coming back for his spiritual body. So the bottom line is, if I ever want to go back with him, I have to be a part of the body. I have to be a functioning part of the body. I have to be operating in my functionality in the body. And so I say this thing to you. What did Christ do when he was here? That's what the body is supposed to do. This sounds narcissistic or any way you want to put it. But the reason why this world is still not destroyed is because the body is still here. The body is still here. And so people are walking around thinking that Jesus ain't coming back. People are walking around thinking that everything is all good. All because the body is here. He's withholding his wrath. But as soon as he brings the body up out of here, this world is going to be in so much trouble when the body of Christ is now out of here because it's only, it's the only thing that's keeping this world at bay from being totally destroyed. We need to become a part of the body of Christ and stay a part of the body and function as we're supposed to as part of the body. Will you stand today? So for the perfecting of the saints, to put us in our proper place in the body, right? And it says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man or woman. The bottom line is, in order to become perfect, we hear it all the time and we always say, I'm not perfect. So how can God tell me I need to be perfect? All he's saying is, just become great at who you're supposed to be in the body. Just be complete. Be functional in the body as you are supposed to be. That's all he's saying. So if he created you to be the eye, just keep on being the eye. Don't stop being, don't cover up your eye. If he created you to be the eye, just keep on looking. Because that's what keeps the body perfected. That's what keeps the body working. But when you decide to pull yourself away from the body, now you make the body a little dysfunctional and you don't realize it. One body, many members. I'm going to ask you today, what will you do after you hear what the word of the Lord has to say to you? What do you do now? Do you ask yourself, where am I in the body? Do you ask yourself if I'm a functioning part of the body? Do you ask yourself, am I assembling with the body as I am supposed? Do you even ask yourself, I know I'm not a part of the body and I need to become a part of the body. Where are we with all those things? And anytime we hear the word of God preach, we need to just examine ourselves and respond to God. Remember what I said Last week at some point, I said, you're not responding to me. You're responding to God. You're responding to God. This is not about 
me what I just said to you. Everything I've said today, you can go and study your book and you'll see. Dude was not out of cue one bit. Everything he said was straight biblical word. Nothing. So your response today is not to me. Your response today is to the word of God. The Logos. That's who your response is to today. So I, I challenge you to respond to the word of God today to see what you're going to do moving forward. How you're going to be with the body of Christ. What you're going to do moving forward. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, the word has gone forth. And now, Lord Jesus, it's up to us what we will do in response to your word. God, I don't want to be deceived. And I first stand before you and says, help me to see where my errors are concerning your body. <laughs> God, I want to be the part of the body that you place me in the body to be. And I want to function the way you want me to function, Lord God. And so today I pray, Lord Jesus, for strength. I pray for understanding and clarity that I may know and understand my proper function in this body. And that I do nothing, Lord God, to hinder my functionality in the body. Lord, I want what I do in the body to be a blessing, Lord God. I want what I do in the body, Lord God, to be exactly what you had called me into the body to do, Lord God. I don't want to be a foreign object in the body, Lord Jesus, but I want to be fitly joined together, oh God, in the body with the fellow members of the body, Lord. I pray today that you will break, Lord God, every yoke of bondage and stronghold in my life, Lord God, and in the life of the people in this church, Lord God. Let nothing hinder them and for everything that's held them back, Lord God, from being who you have chosen them to be. I pray today, Lord God, that you will work your work in their life, that they will make up in their mind to surrender to you. That they will make up in their mind, Lord God, to submit to you and become that part of the body that you chose them to be, Lord God. Lord, we all want to matter and we know today that we will matter if we